Hello, drama lovers. I don't know why I said that, but it felt right for today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to new and old listeners of the pod. It's Connor here. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for coming back. We've got an amazing episode for you today with Eva Noblezada, the star of Town. Tony nominated for her work there and for Miss Saigon. Literally voice of an angel. Some might even say songbird. Okay, I'm a theater queen, king, queen. Delete that. But anyway... If you are new to the pod or if you've listened before, we do have bonus content for you on our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, where every week we bring you bonus episodes. We've got, you know, probably 75 bonus episodes on there at this point. You can watch some past interviews with some of your favorite guests. We also give you exclusive access to our close friends on Instagram, and it is spicy. You do not want to miss it. Thank you for listening to us. If you love us, go give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Go follow us there. Follow us on Spotify and also give us a review there. And spread the word to all of your friends. You're going to love this episode with Eva. And if you love it, we have literally over 100 other episodes with the stars of Broadway's Yesteryear and Tomorrow. Okay, I'm sounding like an old-timey, like old Hollywood T um, Turner Classic Movies host, which is maybe my next calling. But anyway, thank you. We love you. It's time for the show. Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Now, Connor, this episode is going to come out much later than when this actually happened, but we need to talk about the Oscar nominations. I know. Can you believe that they happened a few days ago, but it feels like it's been 100 years already? Well, especially because on the famous website, Twitter.com, I feel like everything's been, you know, rehashed and debated and discussed just beyond the pale of what we normally would be talking about. It seems like everyone actually is participating in the Oscars this year. I feel that from that from the general vibe, right? Like maybe it's because a lot of things are on streamers. Well, I guess they kind of were last year too. I don't know, but yeah. What do you think is going to win? You know, like Best Picture or I don't know. I don't know because I really loved a lot of the movies. I think my favorite movie because I'm the theater kid at heart was West Side Story. I don't know if it'll win Best Picture, but it'd be really cool if it did. Yeah. I think my biggest snub, though, Uh-oh, drama was Elle Gaga being left off the list for Best Actress. Isn't that wild? I do what not happened? understand what happened. That, I don't get it either. People are saying on Twitter, again, mentioned it already, that this <laughs> is like when Cher was nominated for her first Oscar, and then the second movie she was in, she was skipped over, and then the third one, she came back and won for Moonstruck. So maybe this will be... Oh my God. Maybe That's her next kind of movie fun. she'll win. But granted, she has her Oscar for A Star is Born for the song, but this performance was unreal. The Oscars yeah. campaign has been legendary. Like, it, it's just, what more could we ask for for like the greatest star of our generation? Oh my God. I'm gagged by the, that wording. I'm so <laughs> with you. I'm so with you. Yeah, that's a huge snub. What is your biggest snub? Um, Probably like for all the nominations that Belfast got, Katrina Balfe being left off 
was weird to me because she was the best performance in the film, in my opinion, and she's such an yeah. empathetic performer. And she was nominated for so many things. I mean, she was kind of the lead, but they were putting her in supporting and all that stuff. But I truly don't know what happened there because for me personally, that was the best performance in the film, other than just looking at Jamie Dornan. But well, we've been yes, I've discussed that to death. But anyway, Dylan, we, <laughs> we should jump in here because I am so excited about our guest today, who is also one of the greatest stars of our generation. Oh He's my god, you gave me chills because it's true, it's true, it's true. I know. <laughs> Would you do us the honor of of reading of reading her in? Absolutely. Our guest today is a two-time Tony Award nominee for Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role in a Musical. The first of those nominations came with her Broadway debut as Kim in the latest revival of Miss Saigon in 2017. Her critically acclaimed portrayal also garnered her a Theatre World Award for Outstanding Broadway Debut. For the same role on the West End, she received the What's On Stage Award for Best Actress in a Musical. She also starred as Eponine in Les Miserables in London, and she's currently appearing as Eurydice in Town on Broadway. Our guest received that other aforementioned Tony nomination for that, as well as won the 2020 Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. Her talents go beyond the stage, as she can be seen as the lead role in Yellow Rose, an indie coming-of-age film. As a high school student in Charlotte, North Carolina, she was discovered by casting director Tara Rubin at the 2013 Jimmy Awards in New York City. And the rest, as they say, is her story. Are you gagging so? Please welcome to drama. Eva Eva Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Are you well? I'm well. It's snowing in New York. It was like 52 degrees yesterday. So I'm a bit like, whoa, what's happening? I know. It's <laughs> crazy. I, I hadn't like looked out my window yet when I woke up, but I saw on Instagram, of course, the other famous website, that it was snowing <laughs> outside and I was in shock. I was in shock. I didn't wear a jacket yesterday. I was still awake at seven and I was like, oh, it's starting to snow. I do not understand. You were telling us before we hit record that you're a night owl. I do not understand how you were up until seven. I, well, we were drinking and we have a Tempur-Pedic bed. So it was up. We were like, let's keep going. Do you watch TV like that late? Or are you watching movies or? Depends. We're currently watching Pam and Tommy, but we have to wait for each episode because life is cruel that way. I know. I'm just waiting until they all come out and then I'm just going to do a full binge. That's really smart. How is it? It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I love both of them. It's incredible. I think it's going to, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is 50 times better than what I thought it was going to be. And it, it looks very good mm-hmm. on the trailer. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't even recognize, what is her name? Lily um, James. Lily James. I was like, for, for some reason I thought it was Margot Robbie because she did I, Tanya with Sebastian Stan. Very and true. so I was like, oh yeah. She kind of sounds no, like her Lily. sometimes, like in that movie, mm-hmm. but she, they put on some tiggle bitties on her <laughs> and she looks so good. Eva, did you, you were nodding earlier when we were talking about Gaga, Lady Gaga and House of Gucci. Do you, do you feel the same that she should have been on? Of course nominated? I feel the same. Of course I feel the same. I saw it twice because Reeve Carney plays Tom Ford in House of Gucci with Lady Gaga. And, you know, being proud, me, I had to see it as much as possible in the theaters. And it's just like, she was remarkable. What I, yeah, I don't know if this is the time for tea. There's always time for tea. Look, this is what pisses me off. You're going to give all this, people got so excited about Jared, who I thought you did a great job. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also like, it's the makeup artists that make him unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's prosthetics and it's, you know, his performance is also great, but can we not make his performance all about his transformation like he did he didn't gain the weight and do all that stuff that's literally makeup. so and true that should, in my opinion that should not be considered part of performance 
Yeah. That's just what happens when you're a character, you transform and you do the rest when it comes to intention. Lady Gaga was superb, superb. She was incredible. And that was a transformation. Yes, it was. It's possible to do it without makeup on her. Did Reed get mm-hmm. to meet her? I can't remember if they were in any scenes. I don't think they were in any scenes together. He didn't get to meet her, but I went to the New York premiere oh. and she was three feet away from me. And she said, excuse me to me. Polite. Polite. She's, now, are you around the same height? Because she's, she's five foot two, famously. Okay, she's, she's really small, but like the bad that she is, she never wears a heel. I'm guessing under four and a half inches. Oh, yeah. So she knows how to, I mean, she looked stunning. Oh, my God. It was so exciting. I'm trying to remember what she wore to that premiere. I think it was the black. Yeah, I think it was. Black. Yes. Because I remember she, I was just like, oh my God, it's, it's her. She was like, excuse me. And I was like, queen, you're excused. Whatever you want, punch <laughs> me in the face. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, as Connor mentioned, we are fans. This is like so exciting for us. I, I'll never forget when you splashed onto the scene with Miss Saigon back in 2016, 17. And I remember thinking, who is this young girl? You were a woman. Yeah. Broadway, I had already been on the West End for like three and a half, four years mm-hmm. by that time. So, and it was just weird doing Saigon for technically the second time for me in New York. It was weird, but it was exciting. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine like making your Broadway debut in that role is daunting. It was daunting because revivals are subject to so much comparison, obviously, but also... I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have their opinions so close to their chest. It's really special to them how they feel Mm -hmm. about certain companies and certain cast members in certain roles. And they just, they almost like come into the theater with like, I know I'm not going to like this. And it's like, well, then you probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) So like, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice when you go watch something that is trying to be a new experience because new people and it's, you know, that year was a lot. That's the best word I can explain. Used to I can explain. imagine. It was also a jam-packed theater season. I remember there was like a record number of new musicals and all the revivals. Yeah. Hello, Dolly and Comet. And yeah. And Comet. There's so many great shows that I didn't get a chance to see because I was <laughs> doing a damn show. And there's no, um, there's no alternate, Kim? In this second? There was, okay. but I just didn't, I didn't feel comfortable going to the theater on those times off because if someone was like, um, what are you not, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. I should be at the Broadway theater. So that kind of sucked. Oh, but I can imagine. God, theater fans are like the best, but also the worst. And I say that as one of them, like it, it and as you get older, you realize like the things that people say to actors were things that they should never say to, to a human being. Oh, Dylan, I can write a book. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm only 20, I'm only 26 years old. I try to talk about that. <laughs> do you do the stage door? I used to. We used to do it as much as possible. But with COVID, yeah. it's been a little like, eh. It's funny now that the mask mandate has been lifted in New York City. Everyone's like, oh, so the place of Broadway. And we're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness, indeed. You were just that Maya um, Rudolph yeah. gift where she's like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, when did Hadestown start playing again this past fall? I think it was September. How has it been? It's been uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's been, um, yeah, it, it's, it's truly been interesting. Uh, most importantly, though, it's just great to have a job back mm-hmm. and be able to pay rent on time. That was kind of scary. It's a very just blessed to be able to 
have a place to work and flex my muscles that I've trained for so long in a place where it's respected and appreciated. So that's wonderful. But it has been interesting. You know, there's a new stress of not even a, it's a big stress. I'm sure you two can, can imagine of just like COVID, mm-hmm. just like the word is just used as much as the word the like every day. Mm-hmm. And it's really stressful. We shut down again for like a week and a half in December and a bunch of us got COVID yeah. and it was just like so weird because like you want to just be at work and you're like, I don't, this is so strange and everything shuts down again. And but other than that, it's been great to just be in front of live audiences again who really missed Broadway. It's been really special. I can imagine. I mean, I'm such a Hadestown fan. I interned at New York Theater Workshop in the summer of 2016 when it was amazing. You know, it it was so new to me, but I mean, they had been working on it for so long and I'll never forget seeing it. It was like, I just moved to New York like a week before. Hadestown was the first thing I'd seen as a New Yorker and it was just, it blew me away. And I mean, and it's gotten even better Mm. with time and as they've moved it from you know, Canada and weren't they on the West end as well, I think, or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. We went to the national theater. Yes. We were that is crazy. Olivier. That is unreal. Was it the yeah. same staging as Broadway at the national? Yes and no. For the most part it was, but London had a much wider, bigger stage and mm. the VOM or the drum that goes down was like three, four feet deeper. So there is a, there is a more grander sense of, space and environment broadway of course i think because the stage is so small and we have to compact everything but um for the most part like choreography was the same a lot of my blocking changed because orpheus and eurydice's eurydice i'm okay i'm absolutely <laughs> fine don't worry about me orpheus and eurydice's characters really evolved this was the i think the biggest involvement in their characters and the re- relationship from london to broadway so that kind of changed the blocking a little bit. Interesting. Oh, I'm suddenly so curious. When did Hades Town come into your life? Oh, great question. Okay, so it was literally a very beautiful, like perfect end of spring close to summer day in 2017. And I ha- was just getting ready to go do my matinee and I get a call from my managers and they're like this amazing musical with is that new year workshop and of course, I was like, great, I can't see it, or I didn't get to see it because I'm always doing dang shows. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very grateful. Um, they're really always. interested in you reading or looking at the part of Eurydice, and they sent me the name of the album, and they start, they were like, okay, so look at, just listen to the music and tell me if you're interested. And so um, the first song I listened to was Wedding Song mm. from the New York Theater Workshop album, and I was like, okay, hold on. And then I restarted it because it was only like 10 seconds, and I was like, wait, is this is my ipad on shuffle or like is my phone on shuffle because this this doesn't sound like a musical to me and so i went back to the beginning and i listened to it and i was like okay and then i listened to flowers and i was like okay (laughs) yeah i was really excited because the music was so beautiful and i was so ready listen i was so ready to not sing um miss icon yeah anything else (laughs) give me anything else i mean how many years have you been doing it too long yeah In eight shows Too a week long. or six shows a week, or whatever, it's like yeah, that and then like Niz. I give my life for you gets old. I get yeah, it's like my my life is already it's miss you know it's just Miss Saigon, which is like not that. But so I was like <laughs> immediately texted my manager back. I was like yes, 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 I'm doing this audition, and I had one audition, which was one of the worst auditions I think of my life. And it was a chemistry reading with Reed. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't put two and two together. So I walked in and I was like, Reed Carnell. I feel like I've heard that name before. 
And then I walk in and I was like, oh my God, I've seen your butt. I watched Penny Dreadful. I've literally seen your butt. And I was like, oh, yes. oh my God. <laughs> and it's a, it's a good butt. It made me really nervous. Yep, well, yeah. It made me really nervous. And so I was like, I was looking at him and I was like, kind of looking at the director and I was like, this is a joke, right? You're wanting us to chemistry read. I literally look like a potato <laughs> and this is Dorian Gray. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> he, he was, and then looking back, he was like, I thought you didn't like me. And I was like, no, no, no. You were great. I didn't like the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being pranked. <laughs> so stupid. Oh but, my gosh. I'd never yeah. heard that story before. Really embarrassing. It's funny. Cause like, I have like, Reeve Carney to me was separated into two parts of my brain. It was like, he was Spider-Man. And he was in the I Knew You Were Trouble Taylor Swift video. But like that, those two things never came Amen. together for me. And I, he just existed in both worlds in that That's way. Right. That's called versatility. <laughs> we'll get to that tea later. I heard there's a part of this where there we talk is. about pop culture tea. And I'm ready for this because I, I know exactly yeah. what I want to talk about. Oh, my God. I know. When, when we were like doing the rundown at the beginning, you like nodded. I was like, oh, she's coming. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I read the breakdown. And I was like, I'm always prepared. Yes. Get ready. <laughs> so you did this chemistry read. And when you walked out of it, were you like, it's not happening? It's over? I thought that because we did wedding song like two or three times, just just playing off each other's bodies and, you know, just seeing what the staging would feel, just playing with each other. And then I sang flowers. And I only sang flowers twice. And for me, my strong suit is a sad ballad. Mm. that's all I do and I'm very good at my job that's the one thing that I was like maybe maybe but I also was second I think they only had two auditions that day so I was able to hear the first Eurydice sing in the room and me me my stupid ass I'm always like she's fair she got the job I'm gonna go to the bathroom (laughs) and cry (laughs) she's fierce but yeah thankfully it it worked out can I ask who it was I don't I I think I know, but I don't want to put a name out there in case it wasn't her. Okay. That's fair. Whoever was it- she was, she was fierce. What do you think about Eurydice now after spending so much time with her? Oh, she's taught me a lot. I hate saying that sometimes because people are like, well, that means you're bringing yourself to my kick. It's like, everyone's different. <laughs> Shut up. Yes. Um, she She's really taught me a lot. And if anything, like and I always said, it feels like you're, I'm walking amongst the constellations because the vernacular surrounding the show is very epic i mean thus having three songs in the show called epic one epic two Mm. epic three so it's very vivid dream there's a lot of familiarity but there's also a lot of like whoa what's behind this door so i it's almost like i really have to put a weight to one of my feet so that i don't just completely get swept away of even enjoying hades and i have to remember like the second i come out anybody got a match i am eurydice through and through even if I love her so much, I don't, my goal is, of course, you to not see any of Eva. And thankfully that that's based off audience response. And, you know, it, I, I'm pretty sure I'm doing that. I hope I am. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh yes. but it's, Eurydice has definitely evolved naturally because I've evolved naturally. So there have been parts of my show that felt, cool, you know, not as smooth. So of course, over time, things get smooth and like, like erosion, you know, there's a rock and, I'm getting so weirdly poetic. There's like a rock and a stream and o- over time and with pressure and, you know, over repetition, it becomes this really beautiful, smooth looking. I love rocks. Look, it's like <laughs> a cool rock. It's been here for such a long time. Yeah. She definitely feels different. Like if I compared her next to my 2019 early stages, I'd be like, oh, wow. Same, same body, different vein completely. Mm, drama yeah. i i love that yeah 
<laughs> You've been spending a lot of time with Anais Mitchell's music because you're very poetic in the way you speak. Yes. Well, also, I think it's the trauma that opened up a whole world of how I explain and describe my life. Also being a quintuple <laughs> Pisces. I have a lot of water in me. Wow. Quintuple. I have five Pisces in my chart. Whoa. You are an, I'm tired. You're an artist. I'm tired. Wait, so is your birthday coming up? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The day after St. Patrick's Day, so March 18th. Nice. Okay. Okay. It's a Friday this year. Thank God. And thankfully, <laughs> I have a show. No, I always have a show on my birthday or I'm in tech. It's really exciting. <laughs> it's one or the other. The life of an actor. Yeah. You'll, you'll be 27. I'll be 26. I, I round my age. Okay. Because I always go, how old do you think I am? Everyone's like 21. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> you do look so young. You can play high school for at least another 10 years if you want to. Yeah, which is a good thing and a bad thing because I'm definitely ready to not play that. Like the young girl role. Like I feel like this at this point, like old actress who is like done but on many stages internationally he's like i have a story for you that's how i uh-huh. feel that's like what i feel i yeah but i'm not that elaine so. stretch vibes literally yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> we do like to kind of go back to the beginning of your career because you have this remarkable story of being discovered at the jimmy awards but obviously your your love of theater probably started much sooner or at least your love of performing connor do you want to explain the ring of keys moment for those who are tuning in for the first time yes for our first time listeners we've borrowed a phrase from fun home and we've turned it into our own spin where we ask people about the ring of keys moment that moment of recognition where they were like oh i love this and i need this in my life forever do you feel like you had that that ring of key in your mind, in your mind's eye. Absolutely. I also love that. The second I saw that on the breakdown, I was like, oh, that's so cute. I love that so much. <laughs> I you. loved Fun Home. I uh, saw it in London. It was amazing. Ooh. Yeah, that was so, so great. I did. So I always make the joke that I came out of my mother's vagina singing. <laughs> and she hates that. Because obviously, like, why would you talk about your mother's vagina? public. <laughs> 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 but I always loved, not performing, but more being in stories and being Mm. a connecting point to what was in my brain and what I saw and what other people wanted to hear. And when I was, how old was I? I think I was like five, six years old. I lived in San Diego up until I was like eight. I was raised there, born there and raised. And my my papa had this amazing backyard because he worked on cars. He was an electrician. He was a carpenter. He was a genius. So he had all of these tools, all of this wood, all of these just like hardware. And I remember going back there one day and being like, I'm going to make a stage. And I made a stage. I mean, this is how Filipinos do it. I was like, Papa, can I have this hammer? He's like, go ahead, be careful. I'm like five, six years old. He's like, no one cares. Like if a little child's walking (laughs) with a hammer and like five inch nails. So I start hammering and I make this like really rickety stage. And I employ my cousin to help me. And I'm like, we're going to put on a play. And I put out, you know, the white plastic lawn chairs. And I was like, we're going to make a play, a performance. The people are going to come. And we will be charging them because always I'm trying like chasing the, give me, give me your money. So so that was like number one. And I remember thinking I might perform reflection tonight because obviously Mulan like changed my life being a little Asian girl. That was the first time I think like my mom was like, oh no, she really likes the singing thing. Um, (laughs) And then later on, we moved to North Carolina. I was introduced to Phantom of the Opera, the movie. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's it. Then I want to be an opera singer. So I would just, I, I know every line to that musical, every line. 
to that musical. And do you still feel fondly about the Emmy Rossum performance as I feel fond of the Christine. Emmy Rossum performance. Like I won't say no to using like French lavender soap. It's like it's not my favorite. Right. But it's pretty. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um and probably when <laughs> you were introduced to it, you didn't know like that people like it wasn't necessarily people's favorite, but I, I always thought it was Yeah, fun. I had no idea. That that was Phantom of the yeah. Opera was my first other than the Disney movies I'd grown up watching, Pants of the Opera was my first fate, my first like actual real life, real people. And because you see the stage, the opera house, and I thought, I thought, oh, this must be how these people live. Because I was only like nine and I got like a freaking Pants of the Opera poster in my wall. And then the, the more I, because of Phantom and because moving to North Carolina, I was around my auntie Annette, who was on Broadway. She was like, oh, okay. And then the second she found out that I wanted to be an opera singer, she was like, this is Broadway. And she showed me everything. She's kind of the reason why I, I'm doing what I do. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So she, she was on Broadway. She was actually um, understudy Kim in the original production of Saigon. And my, my uh, cousin, Brian, was the original Tam with Leah. Is he the one that helped you build the stage in the backyard? No, I, I, I made sure I... <laughs> I don't, I think they were already living in New York or New Jersey. I employed a cousin who was like in diapers and I was like, you need to get to work. We're building a stage, get your shit together. This feels like a scene from Rugrats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds familiar. So did you sing Reflection though, that, that faded night? Reflection every day. And I sing part of your world every day. My mom, at one point, I remember we moved to North Carolina. She suffers with migraines. Bless my mom. I love her so much. I put, I would put on this um, blue blanket around my shoulders and sing wishing you were somewhere here again, maybe twice a day. And there was one day oh. where I look, if I were her, I would have lost my patience years ago. Open the door and she's like, Eva, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was always singing. I need to hear you sing that song, wishing you were somehow here again. When, when, when can you perform it in New York? Let, I'll get back to you in the foreseeable future. Okay. <laughs> I know that you had that residency for a while at the Green Room. Oh, I still That's do. Really cool. I've, I've been, you still do? I've been selling out shows there for five years. Yeah. Yes. Every, I have a show there about every month. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so fun. What is the show like? Like, what do you do? You do like just whatever you want to say? Not or? Broadway. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Not yeah. Broadway. Sometimes I do, but you know, it, it has to be chill. If you know what I mean, it can't be. It can't yeah. be hyper Broadway. <laughs> um, well, it's probably some sad ballads, as you mentioned. Always your, your, your favorite things. Things like things like when I look at you from the Scarlet Pimpernel. I'll sing. I love that song. See, I knew you two would know that song. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. My boyfriend introduced us to it like a year or two ago, and it was like a big quarantine bop for us. I love how Scarlet Pimpernel is a quarantine bop. That makes you really happy. <laughs> That's like deep appreciation. <laughs> That's deep right there. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll always hold it close. Well, I'm so glad that you, you know, you made that stage and that you ultimately found Phantom. Did you end up signing up for like community theater or anything like that once you were in North Carolina? I did. I went to a, uh, an awesome and very low budget. And when I say low budget, I mean broke <laughs> ass uh, middle school, high school for performing arts. And oh, wow. the good thing about having no money, but having a lot of talent and passion and kids is that like, we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the hard work ethic that I think you know, the school wasn't privileged in that way. We had no money, like at all. So we, it was up to us and we knew that. So it was up to us to kind of band together and go, okay, we have to make this great. Everything we do has to be great. So there was a Mm -hmm. high level of perfection that needed to be hit by our bodies and what we were doing. 
So I learned a lot just by like banding together with these kids who were just as passionate as me about theater. But the first uh, show that I ever did was Cinderella. And I had one line. I said, why shouldn't he propose to me? <laughs> the prince is giving a ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. was the first show I did at that school. And the first regional show I did was at the Children's Theater of Charlotte. And I was a harem girl at 14. And I mean, when I say they pushed my titties up at 14, they're like, we don't care how old you are. We need you to be a harem girl because there's not enough people who can do it. That was wildly inappropriate. And a lot of fun. <laughs> what show was that? Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I was one of the, the three. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That was your first taste of what they'll do to young women in the industry. They're like, we don't care. We're going to have you push your titties up and you're going to be a harem girl at 14. We could talk about this all day. <laughs> I'm sure you know. I mean, look, and then a couple of years later, you're on the West End doing a crash course. and Well, not really crash course. I'm on the West End and they doing the same exact thing to me that you just said. You're, you're, you need to lose weight. We're going to put you on Rakutane. We highly recommend the ego and contraception. Sending food to my door for a month and a half, making me see a personal trainer during tech. What? Oh, it was. It, oh, yeah, it was horrible. And you were like a teenager still. Yeah, I was 17 years old. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Oh, yeah. My agent sent a foul email to Cameron's. And I wish that one day I could look at the costume designer to her face and say, you know, karma. Yeah. It was horrible. I mean, you think that you could t- hire for talent. And I realized, unfortunately, that's not a thing all the time in this industry. I didn't grow up seeing many people who looked like me or anyone else that I had grown up around on screen, unless they were a supportive character to somebody else who was like the idea of, of beauty. When yeah. I wait, when you close your eyes and think of what's what's what does a beautiful woman look like? That's who I saw. So of course mm-hmm. I can't change what I look like, other than maybe losing weight and clearing up my skin. And that was the first thing they were like, "You got to lose weight." So they sent food to my door, literally three three meals and two snacks um, in a big lunchbox for like a month during tech and pre and and previews. And didn't they have you like? doing double duty too like you were eponine and then you all like while you were working on yeah essentially they did was i got the role of kim and because cameron was like oh she has no experience no experience okay so he put me into les mis for like the i was in for like two and a half months and i wasn't even in the playbill i was just like third horror to the left (laughs) um but i learned the show and i was in the show just to get used to like show schedule show vernacular like getting it in my body and also because it's Cameron show too. So he like can do whatever he wants. Um, and that was the, mm-hmm. for the two and a half months before I started rehearsals for Miss Saigon. Okay. That was what I'm yeah. remembering. Okay. Just, and not many people know that, that I was in Les Mis twice. So I technically was a part of four different casts of Les Mis based off like the timing of that. And it was crazy, but it was amazing to get that experience before leading, leading a West End show. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you got to sing on my That own. was in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> I got, or 15. Or 15, 16, I got Eponine. But yeah, Third Horn to the Left was fun because it was like, I never, that was my first experience being in an ensemble member. It was the best time. I imagine there's lots of like camaraderie of being in the ensemble. Yes. I think like Les Mis is special too. Like it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. It's because the ensemble, there's so many roles the ensemble plays, you know, throughout the whole entire show. And then you just, you can't get over that introduct like that musical bum, bum. like every night i'd be like this is crazy Friendly Miss. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool well okay so we've kind of covered a lot of the the bigger roles that you've done but can you tell us anything about 
um, Yellow Rose. And if it's like available to watch or stream, <laughs> yeah. or what's what's the story? Bless there? you guys. It's like the only movie yeah. I've done because I don't have time to do other movies. Um, yeah, it's available everywhere. It was an awesome, okay, cool. awesome thing to do. Um, I have two movies coming out this year that got pushed back to August because I think COVID just ruined everything. Mm-hmm. One of them's a, a comedy with Jokoi and called Easter Sunday, and the other one's an animation called Luck with Jane Fonda. My goodness. Yeah. Not a big deal. You guys are very That's nice. So fun. <laughs> you guys are very nice. Well, we love Jane Fonda in this We house, love so. Jane Fonda. I was like, wait, she. Okay, great. I just see my dance. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. These have been in the can for a while and they just like the release was what was delayed. Yeah. I, I, it's been public knowledge. I just, I don't post things on my, on my page because that's the publicist's job. I don't, I, I, I've always felt really weird about self-promoting because Instagram is already kind of self-promotion. So it feels even yeah. more weird to post. I don't know. I just makes feel weird. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally fair. I, yeah. I can imagine. And, and you have, so many eyes are on you already. You know, it's your job is having people's eyes on you when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. And then they're also watching you online. It's it's probably a weird thing that you can't think about too much or it'll make you feel uncomfortable. I don't give a <laughs> shit, actually. I, to be honest with you, I just, I truly believe that, like, if, if I'm myself all the time, that I will attract things and people and energies that gel and vibe with me. And thankfully, if I'm myself all the time, I also can see what things are not for me and I can go next so I think the the whole thing about the self-promotion thing is just because I'm in Hadestown now and those th- projects aren't coming out for like months like so there's no point of me like bragging about it now and just wait till it's like oh yeah this is coming out next <laughs> week you know <laughs> yeah I, I find it interesting in your career that you it seems like the shows you're in have such passionate fans I mean especially Hadestown, I feel like it is one of the, those new shows that's finally just on Broadway in the last couple of years, but it feels like it has such staying power and people are so passionate about it. I mean, I know you can't stay in it forever, but whenever you move on to the next thing, what do you feel like you would love to do next? If you could choose anything, what do you feel like? Not a musical. <laughs> that came out too fast. You were ready. No, but I just, that's me being so dumb and funny, but I am, um, I really, really need a break from doing this show schedule. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I can't even tell you how excited I am for the next project, but also like, I love going to work. I've mm-hmm. been doing this for so long. The only break I've ever had not doing eight or six shows a week was the pandemic. And that's not a break. That's trauma mm-hmm. for everyone. That's unemployment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. when I say I'm tired and I'm so ready to do something else and flex my muscles elsewhere where I'm kind of ready to do so, i very excited to see what that is because I'm tired. 17, that's when I started doing the schedule. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah, you deserve a break and, and a real, yeah. real break. Maybe, maybe some traveling, maybe somewhere. That would be great. That would be so boring. nice. It would be great to take Petunia to Mexico, you know, where she's from. Oh my Not God. really. She's from Indiana. Yes, that's <laughs> her ancestors. Yes, you know. her and I's ancestors <laughs> will go visit. Do you, do you still have family in North Carolina? Yes, yeah, so most of my family, if they're not in San Diego or Arizona or North Carolina or the Philippines, they're doing their thing. Those are the four. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever get to get to go to any of those places to visit nope. or have you? We don't get time off. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's really just like it's crazy. I mean, I could ask for a week off, but like, I'd rather go somewhere warm and sunny. But also, like, they mm-hmm. don't they don't give me and Reeve time off together because it's all about the money. Oh, I forget that. Is it right, fun right. performing to like working together every night? Yeah, it's fun. It's it's also just like sometimes like on a two show day, we'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm sitting all day because you know I I'm not Eva. <laughs> he's not Reeve on stage. Yeah. But it's it's really nice. Right. It's a really nice sense of comfort. And I'm really grateful that he hasn't gotten tired of me yet because working together and living together, it's like, we're always with each other. I love it. I think it's the best life. Fingers crossed that he's not like, he wakes up today and he's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> now, does he sleep? Does he sleep longer than you? When I say yes, the capital Y, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wake up a lot. Okay. Yeah. And, and I wake, I'm always having meetings in the morning he doesn't schedule them like that because he i don't know i don't know why he's like a rock star he like needs he to be, really is like, he genuinely you know. is a rock star did you see him uh. in spider-man <laughs> no and i was in, i was either in north carolina in high school and we didn't have the money to come up as much or i was in london because he okay. i think it's it finished in what 2012 i think that so. feels right Oh, wait, no. So I would have still been in high school. Yeah. I didn't have the money to come up here and see him in that. But (laughs) I definitely knew of his name because of the Taylor Swift video, which our dance, Contemporary 3 at Northwest School of the Arts, did a a contemporary dance to the I Knew You Were Trouble. So the universe making connections before I could even understand. That's drama. That gives me chills. Okay, speaking of drama, we do like to end on a dose of drama, which is something we like to share Mm. with the listeners, a pop culture recommendation, something to rant about, rave about, maybe something you've been binging or want to tell everybody to go and see. And I'll kick mine off today Mm. because there is something I'm feeling very dramatic about, and it's on the topic of Oscar-nominated films. And in New York, I belong to this AMC A-list program where you spend like – 24 bucks a month, which I know is a lot, but you can see up to three movies a week at AMC theaters. And so you're kind of getting away with murder with it, honestly, because that's great. You go see like one movie on like a Friday night. It could be like 18, 19 bucks anyway. So 24 for as many as you want. It's great. But you know, I'm trying to see all the films that are up for awards. I'm dying to see parallel mothers drive my car, worst person in the world. And AMC is not playing any of them. And it's, I don't understand. Mm. I, I'm, you know, I, I know that I'm, like I said, getting away with murder with AMC A-list, but I'm feeling discouraged. I don't want to pay to go to another movie theater when I'm already paying f- for movies for the month anyway. So I'm just feeling really, really dramatic about it. And I need to see my movies. Can't you just, isn't that a tax write-off for both theaters? Tickets. Right. Tickets are a tax write-off for art for self-employed artists. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning today. It is tax, it's tax season, season hanging. Come on! Oh my gosh! <laughs> those ticket stubs are, are right off. Go to go to go mm-hmm. to freaking iPad. Almost and everything. <laughs> Have a dinner and a, and, a, and, a, and a cocktail and watch one of those movies and be like, mm-hmm. "What's this bill for?" And to your kind say, "That's my job. Can you write this off, please? Thank mm-hmm. you so much." Yeah, I'm learning. See, this is this is the Dylan. Stuff we need to do know. you have a dose of drama? I do, and it's like about like social cues. Like it's like <laughs> I have. This is like. <laughs> So like, you know, like when you're making plans with friends and it's sort of like vague, you might all be going out on a Saturday night or something. And someone's like, 
yes, I'll see you tonight. And then they just stop replying. And then they reply like the next day and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't. People do that. They do that. And it's just like, why don't you just say, hey, I'm actually going to do this instead. Instead of like being like, instead of ghosting, you know, like, it's like, what if I was waiting up or like, we were waiting to go to this place. I don't know. I'm being so vague here because (laughs) I don't want to like make anyone upset, but. Wait, Dylan, are you saying to me that, for example, if you and I made plans to go Mm -hmm. out for dinner and drinks tonight Mm -hmm. and I said, okay, look, seven-ish, great. And you're starting to get ready and you're like, ready, I'm about to leave the house and I just don't respond to you. Is that what you're saying? And then I don't talk to you at all until the next day. Yes. But I will say, New friend. New friend. I, I will say it's more so like in a group setting, like if there's like a group of people gathering. So it's not like I'm like just waiting on the one person, but it's basically what you That's said. That's even worse because there's more people who can and should respond. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is why I don't make friends. No, I understand. Because I'm scared. I understand. I'm scared. <laughs> I know it's like, it's, it, it, it discourages me sometimes because I'm like, well, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's so petty, but it's like this happened Drama. last night. No, that's petty. Their behavior is petty. <laughs> yes. And, the, and I know this person's very anxious. And so like, it, it probably is not easy for them to say, hey, I've got other plans instead. But isn't there more anxiety? As an anxious person myself, there's more anxiety of the apology text that I have to send the next day and cop to like being guilty about it. I don't know. Look, as someone who's very anxious, has, has openly talked about her anxiety mm-hmm. and everything since the day I was born you have to also be accountable of your actions. Mm -hmm. You have to be, you can't just label yourself that somebody's anxious and not do anything about it because you're also then, in my opinion, no one should ever have to be to to victimize themselves for something that they can feel better about. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just because I have anxiety and I feel, if I'm feeling like shit most days, I don't, I don't want to just say I have anxiety. I guess I'll just feel like shit. No, no I can, I can find ways to not feel like shit. Yes. And so maybe one day I'll wake up and be like, oh, actually I haven't thought about that one thing. Or I, you know, when I came across a trigger today and I didn't, because I, I've just been trying to make, you know, re- rewire my brain and do things that make me feel whatever, or talk to myself a certain way. I didn't actually make me upset. Yes. More, you're just more accountable for yourself and then the actual, how you treat others. Mm-hmm. It can be more freeing too. No, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for your, your empathy there with that. I, I appreciate it. Do you have a dose of drama? It doesn't have to be complaining about movies or, um, or social things. <laughs> it could be tea. I'll say two things. The one, the one, the last thing is just a sentence. Okay. We don't even have to talk about okay. it. Um, so my, I would say, what is my dose of drama? Um, I would say, I guess on the same page as social cues, I don't like when people expect you to be someone you're not mm-hmm. and I guess this is just like who I am people are like um for example if I know I'm I'm seeing someone who I don't particularly like or I'm not gonna be fake or when people are like oh come on like for the fans you have to, there's a certain image no no the fans will follow who they want to follow and and hello they're gonna talk shit about whoever they want to talk shit about <laughs> That's on them. If they want to put that energy out into their own environment, go for it. So I just, I just like, I don't know. I'm tired of people. This is my tea, actually. Tired of people assuming something of people because social media has given so much false power to everyone. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, all of a sudden everyone's a guru. All of a sudden everyone's a spiritual healer. All of a sudden everyone, 
everyone knows everything about this one person in that situation. It's like, you don't even know how to spell restaurant. You think you know <laughs> someone's life that well and the details of it? No, that was, I was talking about myself. I just still don't know how to spell restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it is tricky. It is tricky. It's a really tricky word. But yeah, I just, social media sometimes is too much, but it also is such, just a nice place to go on just to unwind and just watch stupid videos. And, mm-hmm. but I hate when people are like, well, you should be doing this. It's like, you should shut up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That part, yes. And I, I appreciate your authenticity with that because it's, I think you've come across as extremely cool and normal today. And if anyone's expecting anything different than that, then they need to go stuff it. Well, that's and, but that's also kind of sad because like, why would you not be anything but authentic? Like, yeah, how, right. I don't know. I guess the point is like, when you do, when you are on stage, you're just, you guys normal, normal people. Cause we're also normal people. Like, I just think that the most powerful thing you can do is be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that's not on, that's not on fucking Marshall's decor for, for nothing would be yourself. Right. It's like, even though it's really watered down, it's true. Like, even on social media, we know everything that we're seeing is not real. It's not really real. Maybe some of it is, but like, I'm not going to go up there and post my worst picture on there and be like, happy Sunday. This is me. Well, maybe I would, but like, (laughs) it's not, it's not real. So I don't know why people expect to see that same false image in person. That's Mm -hmm. more energy. I think to like fake who you are. I don't know. I don't give a shit, but I do. (laughs) I don't give a shit, but I do. (laughs) But also my statement, my statement that we won't talk about because I know that we're all on the same page is that Reeve Carney should have been nominated for a Tony in 2019. Say that. We don't need to say anymore, but I will say that that is another one of those snubs that will live in infamy. I went off every interview I went to because they forced you to go to these press things. Yes. During the show schedule. When I tell you, I was, they were like, how are you feeling today? I was like, very good, feeling a little lonely because my leading man should be right here next to me because he should have also been nominated. And they'd be like, oh, and I'm like, what are you saying? (laughs) So annoying. Yeah, it was was, egregious. It was an egregious oversight. Anyway, that's T, mic drop. I don't don't think it was an oversight, but anyway. You know what's crazy is I just feel like I remember that he was nominated. You know what I mean? Like when you look back. Because everyone was. was, You know, it was Because the people would have nominated Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And I mean people who actually are artists who watch theater, not people who have money and come to the theater because they're paid to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, well, listen, Eva, you are a damn delight. It was so much fun just ch- chatting with you and, you know, learning a little bit more about your career, but also about you as a human being. So thank you for your time today. Thank you both. I'm I'm so happy to yeah. finally do this. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been, I've been like, I want to do the podcast. <laughs> thank you so Worth much. Of course. And I know that social media is an illusion and that it's not everything but people should follow you because you do put out really authentic you should content. follow me yeah and it's just your name on twitter even no blazada and then it's livev say how what do you say your instagram very close so it's just like laviva maria because my middle name is maria so it's almost saying like live eva maria <laughs> it's, cute. it's cute it's cute it's cute i've never tried to say it out loud before but i've obviously read it so now i appreciate it it's amazing <laughs> 
just rolls up a tongue. It's like saying what that's that. Yes. I need to see you in Hades Town before before you're not in anymore, but we don't know when that's gonna be. So anyway. We have time. I, I need to get a job first and no one's hiring me. Um so just email me whenever you guys have a call. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh you're God. so sweet. You're well, so thank sweet. you for your time today. Have a great show and enjoy your day with Petunia and Reeve. And Connor, where should people follow us? Oh, well, you should follow at the drama podcast on Twitter and Instagram, me at Connor McDowell and you at Dylan McDowell. All right, Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.